people people see what they want to see and i think it, you know they want to believe in that unicorn thing when they don't realize that that's the exception rather than the rule so yes some people will get rich quick i've spent the last two years learning from the best social media entrepreneurs out there and implementing the skills and ideas they have taught me in order to grow two successful social media businesses after some time though, I realized that social media was only part of the story. As I expanded my network, I kept finding young entrepreneurs with multi-million or even billion dollar businesses that weren't doing anything on social media. Instead of building their personal brand and selling courses, these entrepreneurs were solving massive market needs by creating the next Airbnb or Uber. But the real question is, as a young entrepreneur, which of these options is best for us? Social media influencer or startup founder? That's where this podcast comes in. With a mix of interviews with people from both sides of the aisle, you can see what appeals to you and how you can take the steps to start and grow your business immediately. Join me and follow along as I sit down with some of the top social media influencers and startup founders in the world to ask the most important questions and extract the information you need without the fluff you don't. My name is Apple Kreider and welcome to Young Smart Money. Welcome back to the show. I'm extremely excited to be sharing with you the uh, messages of Mike Winnett today. So for those of you guys that don't know, Mike Winnett, he's the UK's number one demotivational speaker. He's an Amazon bestseller, and um, he's pretty well known for his work that he's doing on uh, the contrepreneur formula. So uh, basically, he's going he's gonna to get into what all that stuff means and, and how he became an Amazon bestseller, uh, writing a book that, that was completely blank. So <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of really cool stuff. And really what Mike's all about is he's all about providing transparency in the world of uh, entrepreneurship and uh, get-rich-quick schemes. So I mean, if you guys go on Facebook, if you guys go on YouTube, I'm sure you're getting hit with all these ads. I know I am. Of all these courses, of all these these masterminds, these uh, three-day workshops, boot camps, um, speaking engagements, all this stuff, where, where you can pay uh, a price point that ends in a seven to go learn about whatever, and, and they're going to teach you how to make a million dollars in the next three days. So Mike is somebody who is, uh, he's had a successful business, he's going to talk about that, but after having that business and selling it, he put himself or he decided to sort of figure out whether these people who were selling these programs, doing these events and whatnot were legit, whether their claims were based in any kind of reality or if they were just blowing smoke. So that's the mission that he's on. He's been on it for about two years now and he's been documenting the entire process. He's got a lot of amazing content on YouTube that really peels back the curtain in a humorous way. And, and shows people like what's actually going on behind the scenes here, what tactics, what techniques, what psychology are these people using to um, get you to pull out your wallet and give them money. So uh, he's got a lot of really, really interesting ideas, topics, and, and stuff that I just want to dive into throughout this interview. So without further ado, I want to welcome Mike Winnett to the podcast, um, and I hope you guys really do enjoy this. I know uh, I learned a lot from talking with Mike, and, and just even thinking about the conversation now, I've been able to go back and reflect on a lot of my own beliefs, actions, experiences, and, and, and it really just gives me some more perspective on 
on, on better ways to think about things. And, and whenever somebody uh, tries to sell you something or, or tries to convince you of some idea, um, Mike's gonna give you some tools to really be able to critically think about what they're presenting to you um, and some good questions to ask yourself about, okay, is this is this a person I should be listening to? Is this something that I wanna give any kind of, of credibility to? or is this just smoke and mirrors? So without further ado, let's dive into it and uh, Mike can take it away from here. All right, Mike, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Really good, how are you? I am doing well. So our listeners heard a bit about uh, what you're up to with the Contrepreneur Formula and um, some of the projects you're working on in the intro. But for those of them that aren't familiar with what you're doing, can you just define what a contrepreneur is uh, for the listeners? Yeah, so a contrepreneur was basically a group of people that I've noticed there's been a rise of on social media, and that is um, they are selling spades to a gold rush, but they don't own any gold and never made their money from gold. They've actually made money from selling the spades. So that will be your 23-year-old dropshipping guru that's you know sat on a lime green Lambo that's screaming at you how you can make six figures in 90 days, either before a YouTube video on Instagram, on Facebook. So it was these types of people. And I just called them entrepreneurs uh, as they are conning people into believing they are successful entrepreneurs. And um, I have kind of clicked all their ads and signed up to their courses. And I am tracking and recording my actual results compared to the results that they claim I will make in the adverts. And here I am. I'm just I'm so fascinated. So whereabouts in the process are you at with uh, sort of going through all these different like programs and stuff like as far as timelines go? Um, so I started this um, after I sold my business. I sold I had a real legit business, which was hard work, by the way, um, <laughs> that I sold in 2017. And I was lucky enough to sell it uh, to a US company for $11 million. Okay. And then bad. I was given a, a big chunk of money and being a working class boy, I, in my mind, I always knew what I'd do if I had a lot of lumps of money, like most people do. If I had a million dollars, I'd do X, Y, Z. If I had two million dollars, I'd do X, Y, Z. But the reality, when you get it, it's very different. You kind of, number one, surprised you've got it. Number two, shocked. You don't really understand how to handle that amount of money. So I went and sought out uh, financial advice from experts and they would all tell me to invest in different things. Uh, so that started in July 2017 uh, through to today, really. So I started first of, all, first of all with property and then stocks and shares and investments and stuff like that. And then I started to um, take an interest in more the left field, um, how, what do you call it, hyperbole? Uh, you know where it's a uh, hyperbole like um, claims online. So yeah, 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 yeah. So anything that was then guaranteeing me results in say crypto, Bitcoin, uh, crypto mining, uh, drop shipping, um, fulfilled by Amazon, FBA stuff, anything like that, I just allocated a small amount of money and started putting some money into that. So uh, I'm at different stages through different things, but I've got content coming out now about I've just done a year crypto mining, so I've done one year. So I'm going to re release my results on investing 30,000 pounds, I think it's about $45,000 into three crypto mining rigs and letting people know my real results compared to the claims made by the person that sold me the machines. Um, we've got the FBA stuff coming, the affiliate marketing stuff coming, and then some of the stuff with property investments in the UK, uh, United Kingdom, England. And then um, we've also bought some overseas properties. So we've put in 500,000 
pounds so far into different courses, seminars, mentor groups, and investing in the actual assets. Wow. So I'm curious what led you to deciding that you wanted to, to sort of like try all these things. I mean, obviously you'd sold a company, you had this money. Were you just like bored and, and wanted to try some stuff? Or like, why did you decide that, that you wanted to make this your mission to like document this? Yeah, so it's, it's a strange one, really. It's kind of twofold. So one reason was I knew I had to invest some money. So okay. I, I did invest in stuff that I am comfortable with. I was comfortable with properties. I was comfortable with stocks and shares. And I've invested in other people's businesses. But then I kept being asked the same questions over and over again. So I was invited to come down and talk by a friend of mine to like a sort of, a kind, I don't know if you'd call it like a mentoring group where it's like, oh, we've got a guest speaker to come and talk about how they were successful in business. And I was amazed by the amount of questions, sorry, the number of times I'd be asked the same question, which was, how can I make a million pounds in the next six months? How can I make a million pounds in the next 90 days? Like, you know, what was the one thing you did that made you a million pounds? And I said, it isn't like that. Real life is not like that. And then when I started looking into it, I realized everybody seems to be looking for that answer. And there is no silver bullet or golden bullet, whatever you want to call it, or one tip that no guru wants to tell you about. And if they're trying to package something and sell that to you, then it, in my experience, it's not necessarily true. And I just thought, especially with how big influencers are online now and how people look at social media and think that that's a, a true reflection of real life when it, it quite clearly isn't. I just thought I'm in a lucky position in many ways where I can actually invest in these things. And if I lose a little bit of money, I can stomach that loss, but at least then other people may not invest their money. So for me to lose, say, 10 or 15,000 pounds, showing 100 people that it is bullshit, it's probably saved them, you know, what might have been their life savings or stuff they've got on a credit card or they took out a loan to take out. So I just kind of wanted to do um, it for two reasons, really. Number one, curiosity. I wonder if it really could work because if it will tempt some people. So I will invest a little bit of money and then um, see if it does work. I didn't, I didn't imagine it. So I wouldn't be a million um, dollars from crypto. I didn't think it'd be a million dollars in dropship. I didn't think it'd be a million dollars in affiliate marketing. But if it made twenty thousand dollars then at least then it was a realistic expectation so partly it was morbid curiosity and another reason was i just wanted other people to realize this isn't no one is going to tell you their real secret on how they become a millionaire or a billionaire for 97 dollars or 27 dollars, especially when they make their money from that industry so if i um tell a thousand customers how i do it and I really make my money in that sector. What I'm doing is turning my own customers into competitors. And that doesn't make any sense, by the way. So I just wanted to kind of prove that that doesn't work and expose some of the worst elements, I suppose, of this kind of get-rich-quick snake oil salesman lifestyle that seems to have really blown up over the last two to three years, especially on Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. And most people don't even think about it at that, at that secondary level of like, oh, what is their motivation? Like, what does this do for them? Everyone's just thinking me, 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 like, how do I make that million dollars? They're not, they're not critically thinking about like, oh, would this person actually be like letting me become one of their competitors? Like that just, it, it clearly doesn't make sense, but most people never even go to that level. Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And it's like, but it's weird because it doesn't make sense to me. And I can tell as many people, but the backlash I get, because I get people now saying that, number one, I'm trying to 
uh, I'm a failure because they don't know the, the real business background. I'm a failure. I'm yeah. unsuccessful. I'm just a, a hater, which is a mad one. No, I am trying my best to make these things work. It'd be a really stupid thing for me to invest £500,000 of my own money just for these things to fail. So I am doing exactly what the courses tell me to do and giving you the real results. And so far, not one out of the seven things that I'm testing um, has given me the results that they promised yet. And I think that's, that, that's kind of going to be indicative of everything that I do, if I'm, if I'm honest. But yeah. yeah, so the more and more stuff I started to go to, I started to notice a lot of patterns um, in terms of the language that they use, the backstories that the people use, their marketing, their advertising, the calls to action. Started to notice a lot of similarities, and that's where the entrepreneur formula video came out. I just kind of made uh, it was maybe a humorous <laughs> my attempt yeah. at humor, be a humorous observation of the languages that they use, and then it just, I was just interested in it. Then so I went and got experts. So I went and sought. Um, uh, she's a social engineer, like people hacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's a professional con artist. Companies pay her to see if she can circumnavigate their security systems and get in. And then I met up with her and then she started to take me through the process and stuff. And it's what they're doing to you is sort of high level psychology. And it all, it's all designed to make you part with cash. And I always say that if, if what they were doing was right and ethical, um, they wouldn't need to use these tactics that like you wouldn't need to use a fake five star testimonial. If your product was good and you had real five star testimonials and stuff like that. So I just thought it'd be good to put some of the findings that I'm, uh, some of my findings out there in the public domain on YouTube, um, as well as my actual results. So it's kind of two things that I want to offer people, really. Here's the real results from me doing all these experts' courses. And also, this is just what you're signing up for if you go and see, say, a, a Grant Cardone or a Tony Robbins event. This is what is happening to you, the psychology behind it, why they use that language, uh, what it's meant to make you uh, do. and. I just thought it would be quite interesting and it seems like a few people are interested. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating stuff. I I definitely learned a a ton watching that video for the first time. Uh, And that video actually ended up getting taken down. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So the original video, it was on about 160,000 views, which is pretty, like pretty decent views. Bearing in mind, like our YouTube channel only starts in January. So it was on 160,000 views and then it got a copyright strike from Russell Brunson, who runs a company called ClickFunnels. I don't know if anyone knows it. Um, and they've got one of the biggest affiliate programs going. So anybody that is an affiliate will tell you that it's the best software ever. We'll give it a five-star review. So <laughs> Russell Brunson's also got the, um, he uses that formula that I've kind of exposed in that video is, is sort of what he teaches his students to use to increase their profitability and make more sales. Yep. So I can see why he would be annoyed at it. But yeah, so he put in a copyright strike and the original video was taken down. I had to put a challenge in with YouTube. So they took the video off for two weeks. And then um, they said, if I wanted to take it further, I had to go to court in America. And eventually it was uh, overruled. And then I was allowed, the video has been re-uploaded. But in that two-week time period, I removed any of the references to Russell Brunson or ClickFunnels. So they're not in the new version, but... That's who got the video, original video taken now. That's, I mean, that just goes to show that these people clearly, I, I mean, they have something to hide and they don't want you talking about what they're doing. Yeah, well, I say this, so there's only one type of person that would be offended by that video and it would be either a entrepreneur or someone that 
you know, someone that isn't selling an authentic, valuable product that will help you. Otherwise, yeah. they should be glad. If that is targeting the worst people in their sector or their industry, they should be glad that it's exposed because that will be their USP to say, well, we don't use NLP to get you to buy. We don't use fake or um, fake testimonials or we don't use um, fake uh, authority or any of these things. Or we, we use real backstories and real testimonials from people that have gone on and improved their lives. Um, but no, the complaints can roll it in. It's funny if you read the comments on the video, it's the same names that come up time and time again. But I've never ever mentioned anybody's name in the video. So it's interesting that everybody that sees it thinks of the same eight, nine, ten people, but I've never named them. And then it's even more interesting that out of a video that never named someone that Russell Brunson was the person that put in the copyright claim. Huh. I, I never went into the comments, so I'm gonna have to check those out and, and see. Cause I mean I mean I definitely have like eight or nine people that came to mind like when I watched the video, but it's, it's, it's you know what as well it's, it's, it's lower level it's not there's the the big ones that spring to mind straight away but it's also the lower level ones these are people in like your local property uh, mentor groups these are on your local facebook groups you know there's probably a thousand ten thousand you know hundred thousand people that i've never even heard of that use these very same tactics and um it's you'll normally see them as the warmer packs to some of the bigger people on stage so if you're going to um i don't know I call it the 11X conference, just so I don't get sued. Um, some of the earlier speakers, you might never have heard of before, but they will be using the same tactics as what people will be using later on in the show, should we say. So, Man. Yeah. It's, it, it's fascinating. It's fascinating stuff to see this. And like, in hindsight, when I first started my podcast like two years ago, these are the people that I was interviewing. Like, I was straight up interviewing like these, these snake oil salesmen, these like, 16 year old drop shippers that were like making millions of dollars and, yeah. and just like looking back at that and reflecting on that I, i'm just more and more realizing like how ignorant i was to what they were actually doing and and just how little i had actually looked into what their business model actually was yeah that's that's one thing i always say it's the, the funny thing about all this is it's like they would have gone to such extreme lengths to try and create a backstory it's online, by the way. So there'll be testimonials there. There'll be review sites and stuff. Um, but the very same thing that they use to aid them is the very same thing you can use to sort of expose them and find out more about them. So if you just type in the word scam or expose after any of these gurus, you'll find threads, Reddit threads, yep. forums, big groups and stuff. So, but I think honestly, people people see what they want to see, and I think it, you know they want to believe in that unicorn thing, where they don't realize that that's the exception rather than the rule. So yes, some people will get rich quick, but inevitably, if someone's getting rich quick, it means a lot of people have got poor very quickly. That's that's how it, how life works and economics works. So um, yeah, so the very thing, and that's kind of how this started. I, I was actually at one guru's event and something just didn't seem right. And while I was at the event, I Googled the guy on my phone and realized that he changed his name three times in the last five years. Now, if, you're, if you are as successful as you say, and you're as welcome as you say, and you've helped all these people, why do you keep changing your name? Because it takes an awful lot of time and effort to you know, build a reputation to get to number one in the world. Yeah you've changed your name that many times that you've got to start again from scratch. Well, it turns out that you've got legal cases against you. You've got people signing non-disclosure agreements against you. And it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's, and it's, it's a real shady business and it's unregulated. That's the main thing. It's a business that's unregulated where they can quite easily hide in the gray areas. So they're very careful about particular words that they use. You, know, you can become a millionaire. 
But the marketing would suggest that if you just follow it, you will become a millionaire. But when it comes to saying the words, it's, it's very, I don't know, it's, if you have to say, it's, it depends on the language and it's a gray area. In my mind, you know it's wrong if you're banking on a gray area to be your defense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, if, if you didn't have to yeah, bank on those like subtleties and, and little loopholes around like what Facebook will allow you to say in your ads or like what, yeah, you, you won't get sued for saying, uh, you're definitely treading around some, some kind of sketchy areas. Yeah. You know, one thing I noticed that they all had online as well, everyone's an Amazon bestseller. I don't know if, you, if you've noticed that. Everybody's yeah. an Amazon bestseller now. So I, um, as a test, and to prove how bullshit it is. Yeah, this was amusing. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, wrote a book. Put it here, actually. It's the only copy I've got. So, Amazon <laughs> bestseller. And it is a blank book. Nothing in it. It took me an hour to write, design, and get uploaded on Amazon. And I got that to number one on Amazon in 24 hours. Ridiculous. In the business section. But not just that. It was, not, it was a hot new release of the day. So, it was used on the front screen of Amazon. It was the icon for the whole business section for for like two days and i was just proving if i can get an amazon bestseller with a blank book you know what that that title means nothing so i've been doing like these kind of pranks or stunts just to show how easy it is to fake authenticity i set up a fake website with i call myself a demotivational speaker yeah and i had people giving me five star reviews telling me that i changed their lives and all sorts and i've never done a talk i've never done a talk i've never been anywhere I just had a list of dates where I was going to be going, which I never went to. A little bit about what I do as a business, which is a made-up business. And um, there they want. I was getting five-star reviews saying I changed people's lives and all sorts, but none of it had even happened. Mental. How, how could a young person, or how should a young person, like, evaluate these things? To, like, like, how can they sort of start peeling back the layers to see, like, when this is just smoke and mirrors? Uh, and when people are just, yeah, like inflating their numbers or, or just like creating this whole facade. Yeah, it, it's hard. And I always, I always go back to this. So I think this is a problem with society. Is it? And I, I'm not, I've not got the answer, by the way. I'm not going to say, listen to me. I'm 100% right. Because you, <laughs> sure. should do the same, you should do the same due diligence on me. You should check the things I'm saying. Go and check if I've got the Amazon bestseller. Go and check if I sold my business. The thing is, when you check those things, it all comes up as true because it is true. And... I'm not trying to sell you something or make you believe those things. It's just that is I'm doing this because of those things, not trying to lie about those things so I can do this. That's the, that's the difference. But if you're looking for a way of becoming financially free and you're Googling and you're searching for these things in such a short amount of time, you're going to surround yourself because you are, I don't know what you'd call it. You are... Like the product, the you five are, people. You are what you consume. You oh, are what okay. you consume, basically. Sure. So whatever content you consume, that then becomes your reality because the algorithms are set up to show you more and more and more of that stuff. So you start to believe that everybody that's 23 and an American drives a Lamborghini because you're getting those adverts rammed down your throat on every single YouTube video and every single, because it's targeted ads. What you need to do, I think, is go and look at books, books by truly successful people I'm talking from like the 80s, the 70s, the 90s, the early noughties, those types of people, and look at their businesses. And, and if you learn stuff like that, the truly wealthy people, number one, they're not on Instagram. I mean, the truly top, top 1% of people aren't on Instagram taking a photograph of their Lamborghini steering wheel with the Rolex on. Yeah, I've never seen Warren Buffett do that. In fact, I, he doesn't even drive a Lamborghini. 
Um, he's definitely not spending two days or three days marketing a course and he's going to be on stage and trying to get it to rush the back of the room. Uh, Richard Branson's another guy. Richard Branson isn't, um, isn't getting you to rush the back of the room and sign, you know, or trying to get you to sign a $27, um, 15 minutes, you know, a limited edition. There's only 15 minutes left to get this course or, or any of that stuff. Truly successful people find a niche and an opportunity to either be the first, the biggest or the best in that niche. If you are searching and looking for a paint by numbers, step by step guide to be, be successful in what's ultimately an, an oversaturated market, it must be oversaturated because if it wasn't oversaturated, they would still be doing that thing to make their money. Then like, that's, that's the problem. And I would say that's the problem of the person looking for these people. If you're looking for an answer in these people, you're probably, and I don't mean this to be rude, you're probably not going to be successful at business, if that makes sense. It's I, like you almost need to think of your own thing or go and pick an existing industry and do it better than what's out there rather than I'm going to copy what this guy's telling me to do, but he's never made that money anyway. So what is he, what is he talking from? Experience? But he's never experienced that. So here's a perfect example. So my business that I had... I used to, we used to sell learning resources and online training content for companies. And we had some, we had some clients in America, but so Arby's was one of our uh, clients, you know, the fast food place. Yeah. And it'd be stuff like, you know, health and safety, your customer service at the tills, that type of stuff. And it would help employees get, you know, work related skills. Mm -hmm. So I, we used to make these courses and then they would follow like proper learning techniques. So we had experts, learning experts, telling, like writing the courses and the content animates and stuff like that now that was expensive for us to do because we had experts in their fields giving us the content and experts in their field putting it in a format that made people retain that knowledge um so in theory now i could probably present to people and give people uh, stand on stage and tell people how i made 11 million dollars sell it from online courses like in theory i'm the expert on online courses right based on true proven going research it and google it facts that, that this has happened i could say you know how to grow a business it was three-year business how to grow a business sell a business for 11 million dollars in three years but this is the truth and i can't say this clearly enough i set that business up in 2015 we're now in 2019 the market and the circumstance have changed so much that i can tell you exactly what i did every day Yet I cannot guarantee the results because we were lucky that at the time there was another business looking to acquire us. We were lucky at the, the time there was, you know, acquisitions going on in that sector. We were also the first to do it in that style. It was a new kind of style for learning. You can't replicate those market conditions. There's so many variables outside your control that how, I, how anybody can tell you if you follow this formula, you'll make six figures from dropshipping is beyond me because there's so many things outside of your control. And also, the courses that they're giving to you, they're basically filmed on their mobile in front of a green screen or, or you know, on their laptop. They're not using any of the learning principles that's going to help you retain the information. They're doing it for the cheapest cost possible and the biggest profit margin. They're not delivering valuable value to you that you couldn't get for free that's already out there. And... Um, that's one thing I always laugh at as well, because like you see people doing like, how to make money from online courses. And I, cause I see a lot of these courses now, or how to make money from whatever. 
And the, the actual learning theory behind it or the techniques they're using, they're all over the place. It, it's, you know, they've not even thought about how it should be presented, how you can retain it, um, tasks, you know, all different things, um, activities, knowledge retention. They don't follow any of these principles, yet they're claiming to be an expert in this field. It's absolutely bonkers. Sorry to hop in, but it's time for the Young Smart Money Review of the Day. All right, this one comes from Tired Super Heroine. That is heroin as in powerful female, not heroin as in drugs. And it is titled Inspired. Uh, it reads, thanks, Apple. I saw you speak at FinCon 19, and I am so impressed with your interview and podcasting shops. I started with Jasmine Starr and went to Chris Baldwin. Loved both. Even though I didn't think I'd be into some of your topics like successful YouTubers, I've got to listen because of the quality you are bringing. Next, I'll have to figure out a pitch for you, dot, dot, dot. Thanks again. Awesome. Creating a must-listen, exclamation point. Barbara Hamilton, tired super heroine. Thank you so much, Barbara. I appreciate it. And remember, if y'all want a chance to be featured on the next featured review, all you got to do is head over to Apple Podcasts or CastBox and leave a quick rating or review uh, based on your thoughts on the show. Hope to see you in the next one. Let's get back to the show. So that that that's an interesting point that that you made just there, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because you grew that business through online courses, albeit very different online courses than than these like gurus are selling. But yeah, but also, yeah we weren't targeting um, oh, we no. weren't targeting consumers. You were doing enterprise of, stuff. Yeah, it was for businesses. Yeah. So this will help your business. This will help your staff increase sales. This will help your staff be safer. Some of it was mandatory training. So yeah, that was the training that we did. I've never yeah. sold courses to people making outrageous claims or anything like that. Not at all. So uh, that being said, do you think that there is like that digital courses can provide value to people or are you just like oh, against them? Yeah, no, there are some, there, you know, there are some good ones out there, but nine times out of 10, those good ones out there will be teaching you an actual skill, not, not promising you an actual result. So let's just say you can probably do an online course that will take teach you the basics of first aid sure that is an online course that will benefit you and will will help you know those you know this is one thing i get quite a lot of so you're against all online courses no i don't i'm not against online courses what i think online courses are good for and this is most of them is um introducing a concept or an idea so it's a good place to get an idea for something but then you've got to go and do other research yourself to delve deeper so it could be anything i don't know um how to make money online from i don't know uh, an online store an ebay store or whatever sure. and you get a course it might be cheap off uh, udemy we call it do you call it udemy or udemy yeah. udemy, yeah, so udemy either one. 12 dollars. you watch it now that isn't going to be the be all end all and answer to all your problems if you think it is <laughs> you, you've probably got problems but what i would then do is go and go and get some books on who is, who's got the best online course that, that not best online course, it's got the best online store that sells something. Okay. So what have they done? Now they're probably not going to be selling courses telling you how to do it. Why? Because they make so much money from having, they're busy. And I would, yeah. <laughs> and I would, I would then go and try and take elements of what they're doing with the base knowledge that you've got. And then I'd look at some other stuff and I'd try and come up with my own plan and strategy based on five or six different strands of research that I've done. Um, and that's kind of what I do in everyday life. So take my YouTube channel, for instance. It started in January. I'm at 22,000 subscribers now. I've done that off just like 35 videos. Now, 
I knew nothing about YouTube before. And what I could have done is I could have gone and bought one of them courses, how to you know, grow your YouTube and all this and paid all that money. But all I did was I went and found, in my mind, the best examples of what I wanted to achieve that weren't selling a course and said, right, what are they doing? Right, made my own notes, did my own research. What are they doing? Right, made my own, what type of thumbnails do they use? Okay, what type of guests have they got coming onto their podcast? What type of, and then I kind of built a plan and implemented my own plan based on all this free knowledge that was out there. I've not gone, please spoon feed me the answer for $12 and I'm going to do what you've told me to do. And I think going back to the original point you made earlier, that's the problem. You're hoping that someone that doesn't even know you, has never met you, is going to spoon feed you the answer for 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever. And it's just, it's, it's bizarre. And I think that's what separates the truly successful people from what I call entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs kind of dabble at it and think that they need to be doing something, but they don't actually realize that the truly successful go above and beyond what's spoon fed to them. You know, you've got to do your own research. You've got to try and come up, like I said, improve what's out there already or use the best examples. Not the, not the loudest, not the ones that are screaming at you saying, sign up to my course. Look at Dave in the top corner here. Click the link he's made. Not them people. They're screaming the loudest. It's because they're desperate for you to sign up because they're not making the money. And I say true success whispers, really. That's, that's like a, a good saying, I would say. You know, you don't hear Warren Buffett telling everyone how wealthy he is. No. You know, he doesn't have to do adverts to tell you. You, you just know. You know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't come out and screaming, hey, I've just done a deal to, to you know, you, you can too. You can make Facebook lights. You know, he doesn't do that stuff because he doesn't have to. And I think the louder they're screaming, I would, I would be more wary of those people. Absolutely. And one resource that I found to be really good for yeah, getting those like entry level introductions to different subjects and skills um, is LinkedIn learning. Um, I'm not paid by them. This isn't like a sponsorship, but like a lot of students out there will actually get free subscriptions to LinkedIn learning from their school. Most people don't even take advantage of it, but they have all these courses that are actually taught by experts that are actually orchestrated in a way that gets people to retain the information. And it's not, it's not people out there trying to sling these 1997 courses on like selling on Amazon FBA. It's like, it's real tangible skills. So LinkedIn learning. So originally that was a company called lynda.com. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so lynda.com was a competitor of ours when I had my business. Really? Yeah, so like, so what we did was similar to like lynda.com. Okay. And she was bought out by LinkedIn and we were bought out by another company. Oh, that's wild. That's really wild. Just as like a kind of example. And, and she did better than I did, by the way, in terms of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure LinkedIn's got some, got some pretty deep pockets at this point. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, so, so that's the type of stuff. So well, we were doing like the LinkedIn learning stuff, but for corporate businesses rather than individuals. Huh. But our, our content would have been able to fit into there as well. It was like, you know, all sorts of stuff, depending on your sector and where you were. So there was like transferable skills and stuff like that. So, sweet, yeah. sweet. So, uh, another thing that I just want to toss out there is um, as far as like selling courses go, it, it's, it's so much easier because like, in a past life, like a, a year ago, I, I, I was selling this course and I sold this course about podcasting and it was so much easier to sell the course about podcasting and make the, I was charging two ninety seven for it. It was so much easier to sell the course for podcasting, make the two ninety seven, than to actually make an additional $300 from my podcast. And yeah. I, I think it's just, it, it's so, it, it's so much easier. And I think that's why a lot of young people, especially are drawn to that. They want that get rich quick. They want to just like show up, get the step-by-step, the color by number and, and get the blueprint. But 
in reality, that's just, I mean, that's just not, it's just not as, as valuable, I feel like. No, the, the podcast one's interesting, you know. So um, again, another criticism I get sometimes is, well, you don't have to have achieved things to teach it. Look at teachers, they teach you about X, Y, Z. And I get that, I, I do get that argument. Um, but I think in this, in, in what I'm specifically talking about and what you're talking about is you almost think, well, you're building your reputation on that you've been successful doing that thing first. That, you know, everyone does that. That's, the, that's why I always use that, let's say that analogy doesn't really count for, let's say on the podcast thing, yeah, it is easier. Like it is easy to sell a course now. So I've got my own podcast as well. We film all ours. It costs us a lot of money to make a podcast. Now we make money on our podcast. I say make money through sponsorship. Like mm-hmm. so, we've now got a sponsor for our podcast. That doesn't cover the costs, if I'm honest, of what we do. So, but strangely, based on the numbers now, I could probably release a course and do a really, really good course on how I make money from my podcast. But in reality. I don't make money from a podcast. So I, I, I break even at best. I did it really to just drive traffic to YouTube because I needed um, a certain number of views and a certain number of watch time to be able to monetize my channel. Mm-hmm. So I used it as a tool and a vehicle to reach a threshold with YouTube to try and test something else because I am testing someone's course, which is how to make money on YouTube. So mm-hmm. how many subscribers do you need to and how much money it would uh, generate. So it was just a way to sort of accelerate that process. Sure. And it was a good way to do as well. But, you I know, it is easy to make a course, and it's, it's an easier way of making money because, especially in property, is a perfect example for that. It's a lot easier to tell people how to find below-market-value houses and invest in properties than it is phoning around all the estate agents, you know, putting in bids for houses and offers for houses and getting knocked back and stuff like that. Then I could, if I could tell a room full of 1,000 people how to do it, and it's basically one day's work, it would probably take me two, three, four, five, six days research just to find one house. So I know which one I'd rather be doing if I, if I wanted that money. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what a lot of people are looking for. Like they're, they're not as concerned with, with what happens to their students after they get the, the 1997. Do you know what I find interesting? Though? One second. One, one thing I find interesting about it all is this. If people were more honest... And um, can you hear that, by the way? Just put a fan on. No. All right, cool. Yes. So if people were more honest and more upfront and more transparent, I think they would see a dip in their initial sales in terms of how many people would be attracted to them. And they made people aware of how difficult things were. But longer term, I think they'd do better because you wouldn't have as many complaints. You wouldn't have all these threads online telling people that you're a scam artist and you've ripped them off and you didn't return their calls and you didn't... If you honestly went and got... A genuine course and you did hold people's hands and you did make them become financially free and successful that is more powerful at, than any kind of fake testimonials and fake authenticity that you get and i think the person that does that and i'll give properties example if you're selling me a course how to become a property millionaire and i say to you show me your bank account then and you actually can show me your rental revenues coming in and it's a million pounds a month or year whatever it might be I'm only going to sign up to you because 99 other property gurus will not do that. And eventually, the first person that does that, I think, would clean up in the property sector. But most people are scared to do that. And I think if they're scared to do that, why? Now, I interviewed someone that sells these courses specifically on property, and he said, well, nobody else in the industry does it. And I went, so that's why you should do it. 
that's the reason you should do it because then you are separating yourself from everybody else. And very similar to what we did in our old business, we went and picked five things that we could do the opposite of what the industry did. So we were then creating a real alternative to what was out there, like almost the opposite. So our competitors, you had to pay per course, pay per head, sign a long contract. And it was, you were given a set amount of courses. What we did, we said it's a low cost monthly subscription. We will give you new content every week. Um, it's uh, unlimited. So if your company grows by 50 people or 100 people, we're not going to charge you more because your company's grown. Why would we punish you if your business has grown? doesn't make sense. It's online content, so it makes no difference to us whether you've got 1,000 staff or 5,000 staff because it costs us the same to make. It doesn't cost us more. Once it's made once, it's, it's made. So... And people at first were saying to us, this doesn't seem right. Like, why is there no long contracts? Well, my answer to that was, if you're unhappy, leave. I don't want to hold you for four years against your will, paying a bill because we've got you on some small print or the terms and conditions. I don't want anybody that's unhappy to be a customer because they're more likely to tell other people it's not very good and then it will cost our business. And also, they're inevitably a ball ache. They take up enough of your time having to deal with people that aren't happy. So I only want happy customers. I only want to give them content that they're going to use. And I'm not going to be stupid on the terms and conditions or how it's used. If you grow, brilliant. If you're getting, so in some of our customers' cases, we would charge them 10 times less than what the market rate was based on a price per head um, basis. But what happens when people move from that, their business to a new business in a learning development role, the first thing they would do is sign us up in their new company. So after our first year, we signed so much, we had so much repeat business. We had a 99.3% retention rate. So in three years, we only lost, I think it was two customers. We lost three because one company didn't know that they used the software. They didn't have access to it. Sorry, they didn't realize they had access to it. So they, they unsigned or they canceled the contract. And then when they looked at it, when it comes to the end of 30 days, they re-signed up again. So in three years, we had two people that weren't happy with our product. Yet, I would say probably 70% of the people we signed up were unhappy at their current provider. And, but we had to struggle for six months to get to that position because people couldn't get their head around the market proposition because it was so different to what was out there. And weirdly, the company that bought us was one of the original people that said, you've got it wrong you won't be around in three months' time if you if you if this is going to be your model, and then three fast forward with three years and they were signing over a big check for us because we had taken quite a lot of competitors' customers. So that's that's um, an interesting thing. Anyway, if you are offering a real alternative, then people it's either it's like us or them. And if people aren't happy with them, why do you just want to do another version of them? You want to be the first person of us. So, and that, that that's kind of what we did. Do you have any advice for how listeners can communicate that difference if it is seemingly like radically different as, as your pricing structure was in this industry? Yeah, um, it depends what it is really. My ours, So in our marketing, it was really, so obviously we made e-learning and if anyone's done any e-learning, it's boring, isn't it? It's, it's rubbish really. I mean, there's, there's far more interesting ways to learn a topic. So that was our actual tagline. Like, e-learning is rubbish. We know we make it. 
And that was it. So straight away, when people saw it, they're like, e-learning's rubbish. Yeah, no, it is. Talk to me about it. So it was almost like because we were saying what everyone was thinking rather than, hey, we're another e-learning company with some cutting edge learning techniques and blah, blah, blah. We're almost like, you know it's shit. We know it's shit. Let's not pretend. So the reason why we've made it only be five minutes or 10 minutes in length is so you can stop doing this and then start putting it into practice and do your real learning, which happens through experience or on the job. So it facilitates a better learning experience rather than it's the be all and end all um, answer to your learning needs. Cause it's not, it's, it's still not really learning should be a small part of a wider range of learning skills. Kind of what I was saying before, it's good for implementing an idea, but the real learning comes through experience and trying things yourself and, you know, doing further research and stuff like that. So the best way to describe it is be confident in what you're saying, believe in what you're saying, be authentic in what you're saying, but through your marketing is the best way of doing it. And people will doubt you at first, but I find what you create with that is you create fans rather than customers because the people that do take a chance on you, they like it so much. It's so different. They can't wait to tell other people. And when they move to other organizations, they, the first thing they want to do is implement you because it's low cost. It's high, like valuable. It offers a lot of um, return on investment for them. So that's the best way of doing it. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's the best way through your marketing, be upfront, honest. We're all a bit smart now anyway, aren't we? I mean, <laughs> I like to think we all, we all, I think we can tell when something's lying. You're not going to get six minute apps, newsflash. We all know that's bullshit. Yeah. So why, like, I, I still don't get why these companies are still using that market because no one's, no one believes that stuff. In my mind, if anyone does believe that stuff, they've got problems. But so I just think, just be honest and also communicate in the way that you would want to be communicated to. That's that, that's not the way to communicate that probably. Um, I would say, yeah, I used to talk how I talk now in my marketing, so it was authentic. So I would be mm. online how I am in person. Whereas I don't think a lot of these companies do that, you know? No, not at all. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people will just, yeah, they'll see what other people are doing and then they'll just replicate that because they're like, oh, this guy's making, or he says he's making X many millions of dollars. So I might as well do the same thing as him and, and yeah. just fill in that color by number, you know? Weirdly, I got, um, I got invited down to a company that are looking to, they want to replicate what I did in the old business. They asked me if I'd come and talk to them about what I did. So I went down there and spoke to them for free. I didn't charge them. I just went down there just, see what they wanted to do and spoke to them and stuff and they kept saying to me yeah we're we're a bit boring really we're a bit boring but we want to be like that exciting like your old content was we want to be just what you did and i said listen you can either be the best boring company in the world and be authentic and you will attract the right kind of people that you want for your brands or you can be false and try and be something you're not you'll attract someone that you're not really you know isn't your type of person and then you'll soon get found out anyway. So I would rather be the best boring e-learning company, but be authentically boring if that's my personality. And that's any company, by the way, you know, rather than someone that's pretending to be something they're not and it being an um, unauthentic or a fake experience. And, you know, because that's hard work having to keep that pretense up for, for the long term. So, um, yeah. And, when I, and that was the one bit of advice he said at the end. He said, oh, that was the bit that resonated with the most because he said, the whole time he's realized um, he's been thinking he needs to be, you know, this all singing, all dancing, you know, all whistles, all bells, glittery kind of product. When if he just markets himself as 
yes, it is mandatory training and it's not the most exciting in the world, but legally you have to do it, then he will attract the right type of person and the right type of customer for that brand. So yeah, that, that authenticity is, is, is huge. And so many people just choose not to lean into it because they think they need to like put on some persona, which, which brings me to, to the humble brag. And I know this is something you talk about a lot and I want you to talk about this with our listeners a bit. So, so tell us about what the humble brag is and, and how this is, this is taking over social media right now. It's just a, it's just a crazy one, isn't it? Like, you know, uh, can you hear that sirens? Welcome to Warrington. Um, <laughs> so the humble brag thing is just crazy, isn't it? And it's like, I don't know, we're British, so we don't really like, it's a bit different in America. They're mm-hmm. quite, you know, if you see someone with a Lambo over there, nine, well, I get the impression that you guys say, oh, how did you get the Lambo? And you're quite pleased that someone's got a Lambo and you kind of like celebrate success. Yeah, that's how a lot, yeah, a lot of people do that. Whereas in England, it's like, if you do well, like we don't really like it. We're a bit stiff up it. You shouldn't tell anyone about it. But the humble brag is where it's because I would say a British thing, I mean, obviously you see it in America, but a British thing would be, you're really pleased you've bought yourself a new Range Rover Sport or a Lamborghini and you wanted to take a picture of it and put it on social media and basically you want to say, haven't I done well? I've got a Lamborghini. Everybody say how amazing I am. But that would be too much. That would be too brash or... Too forward, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So what you'll do is you'll wait for the one day where there's maybe two centimetres of snow on its roof. You'll take a picture and say, I can't believe the weather on my the outside today. And it's like, no... It, number one the weather's not that bad number two you just want everyone to know that you've just bought yourself a new lamborghini or you've got your kid washing it your maserati and you've said hey my son's an entrepreneur look at him cleaning cars for two you know three pounds it's like number one do we really need to know this and number two you've got a new maserati that's what the real story is here and it's just uh, that's all over social media now but um to be honest it's, it's sometimes it's even hard to know like I, i've been accused of pumble bragging for saying that i sold my business I got accused of that this week. But the only reason I mentioned selling my business was because originally, when I didn't tell anyone about that bit, I was being criticized for being an unsuccessful troll online that just was, you know, targeting successful people. Yeah, no credibility. Yeah, so I said, no, no, no. I'm doing this because I've probably achieved the thing that they're telling you they've achieved. You know? And also, I'm I'm not humble bragging about it. I've not slightly slipped it in. I'm telling you direct down the lens I built the business, scaled it, and sold it for this amount of money. I'm not like ashamed of that or hiding it. I just didn't think I didn't think it was relevant to exposing a script and the process and thought process that these people are using. But now you're saying that I can't identify these things because I've been unsuccessful. Then I tell you, well, I've not been unsuccessful. I've achieved these things. And now you're saying, oh, you're a humble bragger. Yeah, you're like well, you've made, you've made me tell you these things because you didn't believe me now, and now I've now I've given you more proof that I'm in a position to talk about this stuff, but now you still won't accept it. So it's um it's a difficult it's a difficult um position to hold really because what I've got I find people that love and I, I'm just naming random names now people that love say like Grant Cardone or Ty Lopez or any of these people. Mm-hmm. Um they'll see me as a hater, no matter what evidence you give them or proof, even if I did Ty Lopez's course, did everything Ty Lopez said and only made $500 in a year, they would say I've not tried. They wouldn't believe a word I say. Then you've got people that really believe what I say and then I've not gone far enough. So 
if I say, some, uh, I don't know, Mr. Smith is a scam artist, and I just say, yeah, I think he's a scam artist, or here you go, here are my results, make up your own mind whether he's a scam artist or not. They want me to take up their personal case with him, you know, fly over, get him arrested, you know, get him put in prison, which isn't, that wasn't my intention either. So it's like the people that support what I do don't think I'm going far enough. And then the people that don't like what I do think that I'm going too far and I shouldn't be targeting their guru. So I'm like in some sort of weird middle ground where no one really likes what I'm doing, to be honest. That's the controversy though. That's, that's what gets people's attention. They're talking about it. I suppose. I suppose. It's a strange, it's, there's been a strange uh, change, uh, I would say, the last few weeks um, with people sending me like their own personal grievances. So they'll say, I lost £6,000 with this guru. I lost £12,000 with this guru. Can you help me get the money back? I can't. I'm not a solicitor. I'm not. And and also, and this is no disrespect. I don't know you. You've literally sent me one DM in my Instagram saying my grand lost 15,000 pounds. And then if I say, oh, what if you, if you know, you sought legal advice. I thought you were going to do something about it. I think it's disgusting that you're not taking this case on. It's like, well, I'm not even legally qualified. Yeah. Like don't, why are they putting that on you? Like, I know. But then I suppose, again, it's easier to blame someone else, I think. Yeah. You know, I had one guy, here's an example, and this kind of like makes me think sometimes I can see why he gets scammed. <clears throat> he had told me he's paid for six different gurus property courses. And he's seen my interview with a, with a, with a property guru. He wants me to tell him whether he should invest another £12,000 into this guru's course. And I said... What difference is this seventh course going to make to the other six that you've already paid for and not done anything about? Like, you might as well just go and buy a property or put a deposit down for £12,000 on a property and you'll learn more from that either doing well or failing than you will by going to someone's course that you're not going to implement any of the stuff. And then he was like, oh yeah, thanks for the advice. I, I genuinely was happy with that advice. But it's like, why have you? Why are you even thinking about paying for a seventh guru? You've not done any of this stuff from the first lot. So I think some yeah. people are just looking for punishment because it's easier than accepting that maybe it's maybe being an entrepreneur isn't for you, and that's not a bad thing. No. You know, know. you can alternatively you could be the best, the best employee at your business, uh, wherever you work, and get to a higher pay grade than you'd ever earn from any of these courses, and. You get all the benefits, the security. You don't have to make any key decisions. Your head's not on the chopping block if you don't make any money. There's nothing wrong with not being an entrepreneur, despite what all these YouTube gurus and Facebook gurus are telling you. They want you to think you can do it so they can make money, really. When the reality is, you're looking at the one unicorn, the 1%, but 99% of actual good entrepreneurs still won't reach that level, if that makes sense. You know, there's only one Elon Musk, there's only one Steve Jobs, there's only one Richard Branson. Yet there's a million of these ones in the middle trying to tell you that they are as successful as these people, but you've never heard of them 24 hours ago. But now you've been on their website and you see them everywhere. But the only reason why you see them everywhere is because they are targeting you with ads. But all the people you want to be do not follow you around the internet with targeted ads. That's like that's almost like the, the weird kind of dichotomy of it all, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Mike, you've been dropping so much value on our listeners today. I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. I think there's a lot of sort of layers that you have peeled back in, in terms of just really showing us like what's actually going on behind the scenes. Um, and for our listeners that haven't yet seen the entrepreneur formula, um, 
highly, highly recommend that. It's going to be linked down in the description below. Before we wrap up, though, I have some questions that I like to ask all of my guests. So are you feeling ready for those? Go for it, yeah. Sweet. The first of which is, what is something that genuinely has you excited right now? Um, genuinely excited right now. Um, so I've got, so uh, Paramount Pictures and Netflix have shown interest in The Contrapreneur. Okay. Maybe, maybe turning that into a, like a series or a, a documentary over in America. So I would come to America, go to some of these events undercover and interview people in my very direct and straight faced English style. So that, <laughs> that, that's potentially exciting. That's definitely exciting. I'd watch that. <laughs> Do you have any habits that have served you particularly well, either in your business, or your personal life? Um, I get up early, but not like a 4am type thing. I, I just always get up early and I sort of do a lot of reading in the morning before my family and kids wake up. Okay. So, uh, so reading and getting up at like sort of half an hour, 45 minutes for everybody else. And it just, that's one thing. So I've, you learn an awful lot if you read and I mean like proper reading, not. Yeah. You know, what do you read? Go and watch uh, different stuff. So like I invest in stocks and shares and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Like the first investment book I got was investment for kids. And this was in like 2011. So like, you know, I don't know, in my late twenties, I was getting a book that was aimed at 11 and like 10 and 11 year olds, you know, you, cause you've got to do the basics. You've got to understand the foundation. Yeah. So I just started reading stuff like that and then build on that knowledge. So, uh, reading, um, and then in business, I've always been quite good at, um, remembering names and facts. Hmm. So with customers, um, I was always good at remembering something that they told me, where they worked, you know, where they've been on holiday, that type of stuff. So, but that isn't something I've worked at. It's just something that I've always managed to do. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, well, Mike, where can our listeners go if they want to follow up with you, learn more about what you're up to and all that good stuff? Yeah, I would say uh, YouTube is probably the best place to get me. So that is Mike Winnitz, which is spelled like winner, but with a T. Um, so yeah. Just might win it on YouTube and then I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, I don't follow anybody on social media platforms. So I'm one of them weird people that follow zero people. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I'll, I'll link both those up in the show notes for our listeners. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I'm extremely grateful for your time. Do you have any last parting thoughts, words of wisdom, or anything you want to leave the listeners with today? Yeah, it would just be that if anyone's telling you that you can achieve something that seems almost too good to be true, and I know it's a cliche, it, it definitely is. They are, they make it sound easy so they can get money off you. That is the only thing, because if it was that easy and they can make that much money, you've got to think, why don't they just employ someone to do that job for them full time? You know, if you can make £100,000 a year through dropshipping, but you could pay someone 20000 a year to do it for you full time in your office, why haven't you got an office full of people doing that for you rather than selling a course for $397? It, just the numbers do not make sense. And I can't say that clearly enough. If it worked, they wouldn't be selling it to you. They'd be quietly going about it, building a dropshipping empire with bums on seats in their own office. Straight up. Couldn't agree more. Mike, wisdom has been dropped. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Cheers. 
Bada bing, bada boom. That is a wrap, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this last episode of Young Smart Money. If you did, you know what to do. Um, drop us a five-star review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. I literally run on reviews like they are the fuel that goes into my body and gets me jazzed up, fired up every single morning. So if you take the time, literally it's like five seconds to drop a review. If you're in the podcast app, literally just go to Young Smart Money, scroll all the way down past all the episodes at the very bottom. There'll be a section that says write a review. If you could drop me all of your thoughts, all of your questions, all your comments, all your concerns, I would love to read those. I read each and every one of them. Um, and I really do take them all to heart. So that would mean a ton if you could do that. Otherwise, um, if you guys are wondering how I make money on the show, because if you all notice, I don't put sponsors on the podcast. I don't believe in that. I don't want to waste your time listening to some ad about Squarespace or whatever they're promoting these days on the podcast. And I've been approached by plenty of sponsors, believe me, but they all get shown where the door is because that's not what I believe in. But I am still able to monetize this podcast, turn it into a consistent five figures per month of income. If you guys are wondering how I do that, um, I put together a free cheat sheet for y'all. A little bit more than a cheat sheet. It's kind of like an ebook. It's like 20 some pages long where I laid out the 16 methods that I use to monetize my podcast. So if you guys are interested in that, I'm um, getting completely free. Just head over to applecriter.com slash cheat sheet. That's applecriter.com slash cheat sheet. And you can download that completely for free. Cheat sheet is all one word. Uh, don't ask me to spell it though, because I will probably mess up. So guys, applecriter.com slash cheat sheet for the free cheat sheet. How I'm able to monetize my podcast consistently five figures per month off of that. Um, I really am passionate about podcasting and I want to teach y'all how to do it because I see these guys making videos on YouTube teaching you like the, the bare minimum, the basics, the stuff that nobody like needs to actually learn. Um, but it's, it's that advanced stuff. It's how to actually make money doing this without having to put sponsors on your show that I think is really, truly valuable. So that's why I wanted to share that with y'all. So guys, again, absolutely free to download. Link will also be in the show notes for this episode. Otherwise, I hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day, wherever it leads you. And I'm glad you decided to spend the last hour here with us on Young Smart Money.